Hi everyone, great to be with you again. I love all the people of High Point Life, genuinely. I've got so many fond memories of you all, and particularly all the food. I don't think I've ever seen people who are so amazing at your hospitality. Your idea of a snack is my idea of a banquet. And I've never been able to eat at all, but I've enjoyed being with you, that's for sure. And then your hunger for the Word of God and for the presence of God has always been inspiring. And I love all of you. I love Pastor Stephen, Flora, and your family, and all of the leaders, really. I just think you're wonderful people. And uh, I want to share with you a message that, well, I announced recently, just prior to lockdown here in Perth, I announced that next Sunday I was going to speak on unusual times. Well, I had no idea that an hour after I announced that, our state premier would get on television and announce that we were in complete lockdown at least for the next five days. And uh, what, a, what a challenge that was. So uh, I pray that this will help you. I pray it'll encourage you where you are. I know our worlds are somewhat different, but I believe that the word of God is just as powerful no matter where we live. Amen. Uh, so let's dig into the word of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is for you. And let them know that you're going to hear the word of God. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. Just one verse only. It says this and listen to it. Because there's a wealth and a depth in this one verse. When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. You know, I doubt that any of us, if we had been there in Jesus' day, I doubt any of us would have been any different to anyone else. Nobody there thought this was the right time for the Messiah to arrive or to arise. It certainly didn't look like a good time in any area or in any arena. It was absolutely the worst time religiously. The Pharisees, a sect of the Jews and their leaders, they ruled with absolute law and no mercy at all. The only thing that mattered to them was keeping every one of those 613 laws of the Torah. And that was just the way it went. Jesus so often rebuked the Pharisees for their absolute focus on the minutiae, the jot and tittle of the law, and saying, you know what? That's all that counts. Listen to his words in Matthew 23, verse 23. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you're hypocrites. He said, You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. Well, I had just a look just yesterday as I was looking for some ginger powder to put in the Anzac biscuits I was making, and I looked at some ground cumin. And my goodness, if you were to tie that exactly, and remember, these people were so meticulous, they would take a grain at a time. How they did it, I don't know. And they'd count out one for God, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine for me. And he says, you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, which are justice and mercy and faith. Then he says, these you ought to have done. 
Oh, you ought to have been a tither. Oh, you ought to have put God first. But you shouldn't have done it thinking that's all that God required. You should not have let the other things undone. It was a terrible time religiously. There was no sense of the life of God. Matter of fact, there was the opposite. In another passage, Jesus says, Why well, wonder you scribes and Pharisees, you not only don't enter into the kingdom of yourself, you actually shut the door and lock it against anybody else going in. In other words, the spiritual life of the people of Jesus' day was not even just like a, a shriveled up old thing. It was dead. There's nothing left there at all. It was absolutely the worst time politically. The Romans were occupying as a force that used brutality to subdue the people. I know that historically we, we admire the Romans for their system of government and for some of the roots of democracy. But they're also the people that invented crucifixion because it prolonged death for so long and gave the greatest agony and suffering to those who were sentenced to it. And so these people, you know, when Herod came to power, he killed off all of his male relatives, his sons and his nephews and everybody else, so that no one could arise against him. It wasn't a great time politically. And I know that for many of us, as we look around our world, there are certain sectors where we go, God, where are you in all of this? God, in the midst of all this confusion and in the midst of all of this conflict and in the midst of all this division, God, where are you in the middle of all this? The reality is that you and I are living in unusual times. I don't just refer to a pandemic, but in families and in nations, we see all kinds of Conflicts arise, enmity like never before. We are living in unusual times. But I'm here to tell you today that unusual times means unusual opportunities. I believe that in the midst of great darkness, it's always the time when the light gets to seem brighter than ever before. Do you know, my wife and I were having a discussion the other day and and uh, I said, I can't believe the level of anxiety and the level of concern that's uh, around about us at the moment. And she looked at me and she said, what don't you understand? You know, as, as a good supportive and loving wife thinks. She said, what don't you get about this? She said, most people don't have the kind of environments that you and I are used to. We come to church and we're a part of faith. We sing songs about the greatness of God. We hear messages about the goodness of God and about His plan for our life. We get to pray and to know that God is listening to us. She said, for, for most of us that are a part of church, while well, we are used to environments, they're actually unusual for many other people in the world in which we live. And so these unusual times mean unusual opportunities. Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 37, says this about Jesus. And the common people heard him gladly. You know, they'd never met a religious leader. They called him rabbi, which means teacher. But I tell you, there was no one like this rabbi. This rabbi that would find a woman who'd taken in the very act of adultery. And instead of enforcing the law, 
would rather say to her, uh, where are all your accusers? And they'd all melted away because Jesus challenged them. If you've got no sin, feel free to pick up a stone. See, he's doing what he preached there in Matthew 23, verse 23. What he's doing right there, right then, is he's giving the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. And he's saying to this woman, it's okay, you rise up, go and sin no more. Or when Jesus encountered the woman of Samaria, who had had five husbands and the one she's with now, she's not married to. Who knows what had happened to the previous five. And yet Jesus begins to reveal himself as the Messiah, as the Saviour to this woman. See, no wonder the common people heard Jesus gladly. It was because of the Pharisees and their lifeless rules. It was because of the Roman oppression that a great appetite for life and hope arose in people. In other words, they were ready. Can I tell you right now, the world is ready like never before to hear that there is a Saviour who's willing to save. They're ready like never before to believe that there's a God who's bigger than all the stuff going on, all the mess that's around about. There's never been a hunger like there is right now. I believe that we are in unusual times but they are times of unusual opportunities. Now, I didn't, I, God didn't send COVID. But can I tell you that as a church, our posture has been that in this season, we're looking for what God can do and will do. So Metro Church Online now is a year old, a year this month, I think. And uh, we have thanked God for the reach that it's been, for the thousands of people that have been impacted. I was online just this week, a couple of nights ago. I was online with some of the people we started ministering to through one of our Metro Church Online Connect groups, people in Albania and in Italy. And, and I was telling someone yesterday the hunger in these people's hearts. I shared with them a simple message and we took communion together. And many of them told Anna later, how that was a, incredibly meaningful and significant for them. You could tell in that moment. All over the world, there is a hunger for truth and spiritual life is rising. But of course, if all you can see around about you is what's going wrong, if all you can see is, well, we're in unusual times, oh man, I can hardly wait till it's over. If that's your attitude, that's your posture, then maybe you're going to miss the opportunities that are round about you. You're not going to see those. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, this week we've had huge bushfires surrounding Perth. And uh, when we heard about it, one of our first questions to our pastoral team was, are there people in our church that are affected? I was so blessed to hear of ones that had been evacuated, but church members, people from Metro had said, come and stay in my home. You can come and live with us. Uh, you know, families moving into someone's home for that period of time. I think what a wonderful uh, testimony that is. What a wonderful sight that is. We're doing Matthew 5 verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works 
and glorify your Father in heaven. Darker things only serve to make the light seem even brighter. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 tells us to be ready for the people that are going to ask us by reason of the hope that's in us. Why are you so positive about the future? Why aren't you worried about your job? Why aren't you panicking about what your health might be? Well, I believe that if we are people of faith, and we are, and if we're people that trust in God, we're not burying our head in the sand. We're not pretending that there's no negative out there. We're simply saying what the psalmist says, I will trust in the Lord. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, from the maker of heaven and earth. Unusual times mean unusual opportunities. But unusual times require unusual faith. Now, you've got to remember that the people of Jesus' day, in those unusual times, it wasn't like they'd never heard of miracles. Well, every single one of them would have been schooled in the miracles of their past. They knew better than anybody the story of the parting of the Red Sea and God taking his people out. They knew the stories of the way God had protected, the stories of David and Goliath. They knew the stories of the prophets and what God had done. They'd heard of lots of miracles. But there was a difference with Jesus. Elisha made an axe head float on water, but Jesus walked on water. Elisha healed one leper, Jesus healed them 10 at a time. Elisha purified poisoned water. Jesus went one step further and turned the water into the best wine of all. Elisha raised the dead boy to life. Jesus declared, I am the resurrection and the life and proved it by rising from the dead himself. The reality is that right now, unusual times require unusual faith. I feel it around about me. I really do. I feel like the Holy Spirit is helping. And I know if he's doing that for me, he'll be doing it for lots of you. There's the, your head full of all the stuff that's going on, but something inside of you that says you're going to be okay. Something inside of you that says it's all right. God's going to lead us. God's going to look after us. And it's more than simply a, a, an optimistic hope, but it's a confidence deep within that God is with us and he's going to help us. I'm actually expecting more miracles, not less miracles. I believe that God is with us in unusual ways in this time in which we live. Well, if unusual times mean unusual opportunities, and if unusual times require unusual faith, let me tell you one more thing that unusual times require. And that is, and I'm smiling while I say it because I want you all to sit back and relax and go, I can do that. Unusual times require unusual tenacity. Let me read to you from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. You'd think this had come out of your daily paper. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he's promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. 
Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Did you get that? God says the earth is going to get shaken, but the purpose of the shaking is simply to reveal the things that can't be shaken. The kingdom cannot be shaken by anything that's going on around about you or around about me. And then I love the way that he writes in here and says, let us have grace. Let us have an awareness of God's unmerited and undeserved love and favour. Let's be aware that right now in our life, the Holy Spirit is helping us. Let us have grace. Around the world right now, there certainly is a shaking going on and has been for some time. But I believe that if we'll have unusual faith and unusual tenacity, we'll see those unusual times become our greatest times. Don't let go right now of faith in Christ. Listen, I know exactly what it's like to feel like your hold on God is so slight. I was sharing with the Albanian Connect group the other night that scripture in Hebrews where it says that this hope we have as an anchor to our soul. And then it says, which goes beyond the veil into his presence. And it was while I was speaking to them that I became aware that the presence is not a location, but it's his God with us-ness. I know that's not really a word, but you know what I mean by God with us is what anchors our life. It's the fact that wherever you are right now and whatever's going on, the Bible says God is with you. Psalm 23 verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because your withness is with me. God's presence is not something I come into when I worship, when I come to church and sing those wonderful songs. That may be the case that I become aware of his presence, but his presence is with me wherever I am, every moment of every day. He says, I'm going to be with you. His withness is with me. And that's the anchor for my life. The anchor for my life is not how long I've been in my job. It's not the low interest rate or some other thing that may be a great positive for you right now. What the anchor is, is God's presence around about my life. I believe that's what fuels our tenacity. I believe that's what gives us unusual faith. And that's what gives us the perspective that there's unusual opportunities ahead of each one of us. Let's all agree that we're going to be people of unusual faith. Amen. I really want you to hear this in your heart today and say, God, would you fan the flames of faith inside of me? I've discovered faith doesn't take, you know, all the Bible and many hours. It takes one moment. And sometimes all it takes is one promise, one scripture. And all of a sudden, everything shifts in my life. Now, some of you may never have really practiced that in the sense of, You've just always lived according to how you feel or what everybody else is saying. 
And so maybe for you, this is going to require a bit more of the tenacity to get to the faith part. Maybe for you, prayer has always been a bit of a challenge. Maybe you're like me, your mind wanders so quick and flits from here to there so fast that, you know, I used to try and stop it. Now I just go, that's just the way God made me. I've got an active mind and I'm with God just like I'm with other people doesn't mean I've got to stare at them. God's not looking for your stare. He's looking for your gaze. Amen. Look at the things of God. I want to pray for you today that in these unusual times, you will have a spirit of faith and you'll have tenacity that says, God, you're going to bring to pass every promise and everything that you've given to me in Jesus' name. High Point Life, I pray that in these unusual times, you will find the pathway to unusual faith with God. Oh, I wish I could tell you that it's all just easy and, you know, just come forward, we'll lay hands on you and all of a sudden you'll have it. Well, uh, that's not really happened to me. I thank God for all the great men and women of God that have laid hands on me and imparted something brilliant to my life. But the reality is that it's been a daily journey. It's not a it, uh, some great moment and it falls on me. You know, I noticed that the early church had their day of Pentecost, but they never had the day of Pentecost every day. The tongues of fire that sat upon each one of them weren't there the next day. They just had to do what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, he that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. So that thing that God gave them at the start, now they continue to do. Now they have to obey Ephesians and say, be continually being filled with the Spirit. And so I know that it's not a now or never moment. It's not a, you know what? Uh, I've got to come out and get the divine supernatural flash over my life. It means every day saying, God, I'm going to turn my heart towards you. I'm going to turn my thoughts towards you. At times when I'm afraid, I will trust in thee, the psalmist said. One of my favorite verses, Psalm 27, verse 14, says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. And so I know that as I get before God and say, God, I'm on a journey with you. I'm going to see this through to the end. I know that my unusual times will let me discover unusual opportunities that unusual faith will become mine and tenacity, that supernatural, will hold my life in place while God does his work. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the people of High Point Life. God, you raised them up for a purpose. They didn't just happen into existence. This is not the will of man, it's the will of God. This church is not the result of human endeavor and human decisions. It's the result of a divine vision. And so God, I thank you that what you birthed, you sustain. Lord, I thank you that what you've begun, you finish. You are the alpha, the one who starts, but you're also the omega, the one who finishes. And so I declare over these people, Lord, the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. I declare the ongoing mission and the ongoing purpose of reaching their world for Christ. I pray, God, every one of them, Lord, will have their eyes open to see the unusual opportunities that are existing for them right now. 
in Jesus' name. Hey, Pastor Stephen, Flora, and all the team, all the people of High Point Life, you know we love you. Pray for you often. God bless you.